Hello, I'm Pastor Nathan from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And in this installment of Walking Our Way Through the Bible, we come to Genesis chapter 31. So let's read the chapter, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's he has gained all his wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and lay into the field where his flock was, and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times, but God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, The spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, The striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. This God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see. All the goats that mate with the flock are striped, spotted, and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, to you, do. So Jacob arose and set his sons and wives on camels. He drove away all his livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock in his possession that he had acquired in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. And Jacob tricked Laban, the Armenian, by not telling him that he intended to flee. He fled with all that he had and rose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Armenian in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country. And Laban with his kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done, that you have tricked me and driven away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you flee secretly and trick me, and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with mirth and songs, with tambourine and lyre? And why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you longed greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. Anyone with whom you find your gods shall not live. In the presence of your kinsmen, point out what I have that is yours and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants, but he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban felt all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, let not my Lord be angry that I cannot rise before you for the way of women is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. 
Jacob said to Laban, what is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all my goods. What have you found of all your household gods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen that they may decide between us two. These 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What has torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. From my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was by day, the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages ten times. If God, the, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Then Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, and the children are my children. The flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. But what can I do this day for these my daughters, or for their children whom, whom they have borne? Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be witness a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jagar Sahadathah, but Jacob called it Gilead. Laban said, The heap is a witness between you and me today. Therefore he named it Gilead and Mizpah. For he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are out for one another's sight. If you oppress my daughters or if you take wives besides my daughters, although no one is with us, see God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and pillar, which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness and the pillar is a witness that I will not pass over this heap to you and you will not pass over this heap and this pillar to me to do harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of your father, judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac and God and Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country and called his kinsmen to eat bread. They ate bread and spent the night in the hill country. Early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. And so this meeting between Jacob and Laban, after Jacob has fleed um, in the dark of night without telling Laban, is kind of bittersweet. You know, it's sweet because God speaks to Laban. They have this argument, but it seems like they come to some sort of resolution. It would not have been uncommon at this point in time for them to actually try to kill each other in order to preserve what Laban clearly thought was his and what Jacob clearly thought was his. And also just out of the dishonor that Jacob showed Laban by leaving in the middle of the night. Now, Jacob makes a good point that he really didn't have much of a choice. At every turn, Laban has tried to cheat him and steal from him. And Laban, having living here for a while and being pretty established, if he heard that Jacob and his daughters were going to be leaving, he could have used military force. He could have used the force of his people to stop him from doing so or even assassinated Jacob and kept all the sheep and brought his daughters back for himself. Now, it's great that they come to that resolution, but it's kind of a sad image when you see Laban going off in the distance, like kissing his grandchildren and his daughters and going back to his homeland and Jacob going in a different way. It would have been much better if they could have had a peaceful relationship. But, you know, this shows just the devastation that greed and the desire for power can have. Laban was greedy, right? He wanted to have have Jacob's labor 
to have his skill with animal husbandry and not pay him for it. He wanted to reap the fruits of Jacob's labor without having to share any with him. He also wanted power, right? He didn't want Jacob and his daughters, who are their own family, to have the ability to just get up and go whenever they wanted, right? Or the ability to go back to his family. He wanted to have the power and the authority in that household, right? To have Jacob marry his daughters, produce grandchildren, care for his flocks, but still living under his authority. And because of these pretty monumental divisions and kind of cuts that happened throughout the, what is it, you know, over 20 years that Jacob has worked for Laban. There's been such a, so much pain and so much hurt in that relationship that they end up going off in different ways. Now Laban doesn't get to see his daughters, right? He doesn't get to see his grandchildren and they're going to grow up without the presence of their grandfather. And this is something that we should all keep in mind because in the moment we can sometimes cast people off family members that you know hurt our feelings or say something that's disrespectful um, and in some cases that's necessary especially if there's abuse or exploitation but if it's just normal family drama normal family disagreements and stuff we need to be very forgiving because it's not only us that suffer but it's also the next generation that suffers after that, right? If we don't have an honoring relationship with our parents, if we don't try to fix the conflicts and stuff that we have, our children are going to suffer. They're not going to have the presence of a loving, caring grandparent in their life. And having that community of support of multiple people who can reflect the love of God and remind them of the truth of God's word in their lives, not having that support base and that framework can really put children at a disadvantage. And in times of trouble, when they have disagreements with you or they have difficulties at school or just in life, they're gonna need that support group around them. And so I hope that this has helped you understand Genesis chapter 31 and the rest of the Bible. And I pray that in all things, God's name would be glorified and his will would be done. Thank you.